it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Alright, thank you for joining me on the Often Daunted Podcast. This is your host, Burke White. I am sitting here recording as I do each Sunday here in the offseason. Uh, just uh, rounding up your national basketball news, mostly Big Ten basketball news, and uh, digging into the Hoosiers for you. Now, um, another week down here in the offseason, another week closer to Hoosier basketball. On this episode today, I'm going to be, like I said, touching on that national news, touching on that Hoosier news, and for my segment today, I will be digging into the Indiana Outlook that was released within the uh, latest edition of the Almanac. Now, of course, I'm not going to dig into all of it, but uh, because, I mean, they write it for a reason. I, it's a it's a great source. Go pay for it. Um, 20 bucks. It's not that bad. Gives you Gives you everything you need to know on any of those teams out there you're curious about. But uh, yeah, we'll be getting into that in our segment today. I cannot thank you enough for tuning in, giving me a listen, and uh, without further ado, let's get it going. Like I said before, the Almanac 2.0 was released, and uh, just here in the national news segment, there wasn't that much national news. Um, I keep saying national news. I just talk Big Ten here. There wasn't that much news around the Big Ten. But uh, I just wanted to go into some of the Big Ten names that were featured throughout the Almanac. Among their uh, preseason All-Americans, Zach Eady was the only unanimous first-teamer. He was also favorite to once again win the National Player of the Year award. The only other Big Ten other than... The only other Big Ten player other than Zach Eady amongst the uh, preseason All-Americans... For the Almanac was Tyson Walker, who was a third-team selection. There's uh, quite a quite a few Big Ten names featured on the uh, top 100 players at this time. Unfortunately, there isn't a single Indiana Hoosier named. Um, no love for the Hoosiers there, but uh, we admittedly have a ton to prove heading into this season, so you can't really blame them. At one, they had Zach Eady, of course. There, he's their endpoint pick. So, of course, he's going to be number one. At 10, they had Tyson Walker, guard for Michigan State. At 23, they had Terrence Shannon Jr., guard for Illinois. 33, Boo Booey, guard Northwestern. 35, Jameer Young, guard Maryland. 40, Ace Baldwin, guard Penn State. 42, A.J. Hogard, guard Michigan State. 46, Coleman Hawkins, forward out of Illinois. 49, Olivier Nakomwa, look at me, forward from Michigan. At 89, they had who I project to be the uh, 2024 Daunty winner for uh, Villain of the Year, Peyton Sanford, forward for Iowa. And at 100, they decided to throw Fletcher Lawyer a bone and place him there. Again, sad to see there wasn't a single Hoosier listed amongst the top 100 at this time. But again, admittedly, there is a ton for this roster to prove. So no blame can be thrown their way. Some Big Ten news. Now, uh, Boo Booey was listed for Northwestern, but uh, uh, more news out of Northwestern. As uh, th- Thanks to Dan Olinger for sharing the news of the uh, Chase Audige signing 
with the Washington Wizards. Dan's tweets are the best. Uh, oftentimes, just a shotgun blast of great Indiana moments and absolutely one of my favorite follows out there. This week, everyone saw their Big Ten schedule releases and no real surprises there, as uh, we knew who we were playing and how many times. Uh, it's astounding how many people can dive into the schedules when we already knew the opponents. You can look at the tough gauntlet moments of the season, for sure. Of course, I mean, going through the schedule just a little, I, I just wanted to point out where I thought the toughest uh, run was going to be. And, of course, Mackey, at, at Mackey, will be the toughest game, in my opinion, just single-handedly, because, of course, it will. But as for the uh, toughest stretch of games I'm seeing, it's got to be Purdue at home, at Wisconsin, at Illinois, then Iowa at home. That's a tough stretch of games. Um, it's time to prove that we've shaken the Wisconsin curse entirely, and uh, it's time to finally get over, get one over on Iowa. Um, Peyton Sanford, again, I said he's my personal favorite to win the 2024 Daunty for Villain of the Year. Absolutely want to deliver him the L. With those four games in mind, I mean, that's going to be a tough stretch for the Hoosiers. Don't really know what we got until we see it, but... Uh, yeah, I'm always going to have a optimistic outlook on the season before it tips off. I just am an idiot that way. And uh, gotta hope, gotta hope we can pull some wins out of that stretch. Like I said, guys, super light on the national news front. Um, everyone's, everyone's focused on football, and rightfully so. It's the off season. You guys are listening to this show because you are the sickest percentage of basketball fans out there. The ones just, I mean, if you found me, you obviously have been consuming all the Indiana content out there, and uh, I can't appreciate you enough. I can't. So, yeah, light national news. We're getting on to the Indiana news. This is an Indi- this is a optimistic Indiana basketball podcast. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let rip some thoughts on uh, Walt Bell and Tom Allen just just before we get anything going here regarding basketball. You wonder, you wonder why we are basketball fans here. It's astounding how high some of these dudes get paid to absolutely just crap the bet. Keep Bostad just because I feel like the offensive line is getting somewhat better. But, I mean, fire everyone else. I mean, if, until there is a meteoric shift in this program, keep your hands off the basketball money. Also, in football news, I mean, Matt Gay is... I mean, the Colts have Matt Gay, so I, I, I cannot care about Indiana football that much right now. Matt Gay, just a historic kicking performance. It, it is it, quite alarming how, uh, if you are an Indiana Hoosier football fan and an uh, Indianapolis Colts fan, um, I would say the single most exciting event in the last three years has been provided to us by a kicker, which is uh, sad, but uh, Colts are looking good. Top of the division. Let's go. All right, on to basketball, guys. On to basketball, I promise. I know why you're here. Let's get into it. I mean, it was a great day for Indiana basketball uh, coverage. Because I mean, it was a great week for Indiana basketball coverage because, because ugh, this week was Indiana basketball's institutional media day, which Mike Woodson, as the general should, uh, kicked off media day with his Q&A. Within the Q&A, Alex Bozich had asked Mike to elaborate on him, saying that this coming season, we need more from X. Mike had said, I thought two years ago, make no mistake about it, we made the tournament because of Xavier Johnson and his play down the home stretch. Last year was a setback for him. I mean, we didn't come into last season thinking that we would lose our starting point guard. That was a blow for us in the stretch that we 
struggled to win games. This year, X has played more basketball games in college than anyone on our team, so I expect him to lead and be a point guard, a leader on and off the floor, and put us in a position to win basketball games. That's what it's all about. Xavier Johnson is going to be asked to do a lot, and uh, rightfully so as the leader of the squad. That was me saying that, not Mike. When uh, Mike was elaborating on Xavier's approach as the now go-to leader on the team, he said, I think he's doing the right things, along with Galloway. I named those two both captains, but again, we got to play games and get better in practice, and he's got to play a role in that. I'm hard on captains. I've always been that way. Bob Knight was hard on me when I was here. And you are not just given that title to be given it. You've got to earn it, and you've got to be held accountable in terms of not only putting yourself in a position to help us win, but getting guys to play at a high level around you. That's important. Now, end quote. Luckily, with the uh, prospective front court talent that we have out there, Xavier Johnson is going to have plenty of opportunity to work with the guys on the floor and get the best out of them. Um, as the old dog on the team, he needs to absolutely... Put those, put those guys in the front court, put uh, the other paired with him in the back court, put them in positions to find success. It's only going to help his own personal success. And I mean, Xavier Johnson has just told, uh, has just spoke on how he's just like consistently focused on winning. Winning is the goal now. He says he's done, he's had success in every other, you know, every other type of basketball success you could have there other than just, just winning. Um. And I, I truly believe he will have plenty of opportunity to set up just the absolute athletes in the front court and in turn uh, pad his own stats. When discussing the uh, expectations of his third year as a head coach, Mike said, I took this job to win Big Ten titles and national titles. I've fallen short the first two years, and I'm always optimistic as a coach. Hey, me too, coach. <laughs> I'm always optimistic as a fan. Continuing that quote, uh, when I go into a season, and this season is no different, we've got to go and win a Big Ten title. And once we are fortunate enough to get into tournament play, we've got to go and figure it out there. This summer I recruited more. Had to. Basically, we've lost 10 guys last year, including our two walk-ons. We had to go out and build our team back. I'm pleased with the players we brought in. Knowing when you add a lot of pieces to your team, there's a lot of work that comes with that. And I'm not pleased and happy right now where we are where we are at as a ball club because there's a lot of work still left on the table where we've got to get these guys to understand who we are, what we're about and how we want to play on both ends of the floor. I, I enjoyed this uh, quote from Mike Woodson just because it, it speaks to just the, the, the chaotic nature that is building a team in the NIL era. This, this may very well be the new norm. Like you have to have a mixture of a absolute program glue guys like Trey Galloway like, I'm hoping that Xavier Johnson can lead this team and be that as well. And you need to be able to uh, find a way to organically get this chemistry going with high-talent individuals who are coming in that year. It's a very mercenary-style system we're in today, but, uh, hey, them's the breaks at this point in time. And uh, Mike Woodson looks to be up to the challenge of uh, finding a way to make this work, finding a way to have Indiana find success in this uh, new era of college basketball. When discussing his starters and his style of play, I'm, I mean, he had said that he doesn't really know at this time who the starters will be. He says uh, competition in practice will allow that to just unveil itself in so many words. 
He said he was looking at the style of play. Uh, you need to mix it up. And, yeah, this team is still gelling. And uh, in regards to what style of play Indiana will be playing moving forward, he had said, only time will tell our style and where we go with it. Get this far out, we're going to get a lot of non-answers. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of one of them. In regards to the tough non-conference gauntlet, Woody said, I thought the last two years the schedule was tough. But my thing is, if you're not ready to play and play at a high level, any team in college basketball can beat you. I like competition. That's my nature. It's how I've been as a player and a coach. You can't be scared of competition or you're in the wrong game. Just wanted to select that quote as just a little uh, taste of just Woody's edge. Woody's uh, ability to push individuals and uh, they, they hopefully know where he's coming from in doing so. Like building on that one, uh, towards the end of the Q&A, he was asked to elaborate on Kalel Ware's uh, freshman woes. And Mike's response was probably my favorite quote of the day. He had said, when I recruited that young man, I told him, you cannot go back and give what happened the year before. The word's out. They said you're lazy. You don't work hard. And if you make a commitment to me, that's got to change. And I'm not always the easiest coach to play for, but I'm in your corner. I'm fair and I want what's best for you. He made a commitment to me, and I'm going to push him to play at a higher level and help us win basketball games. I can't worry about what happened in Oregon. He's got to move on and build a new life here with the Indiana basketball team. That's what it's all about to me. It should put an Indiana fan's mind at ease, as it does mine, that Mike Woodson isn't changing the pitch. He's selling the program he wants to build. Recruits out there these days... uh. Maybe some of them you have to cater to a little harder. You have to uh, put on kid gloves sometimes. But that's not going to be the case for Mike Woodson's program. If you're coming here, you're going to work. And Mike, uh, and Mike's being sure to make that very clear to anybody coming here. It's tough love like that that got TJD to be just like the all Hoosier we know and love. And here's hoping he can do the exact same for Glowware. Following Coach Woody, Trey and Xavier took to the stage. Trey spoke a little to Mike Woodson's win-now mentality saying he's all about winning and that's been his thing since day one he wants to win and so do we it's got to be everybody coming together and doing the right things every day and bringing those younger guys along so we can be successful and win Xavier spoke on how they look to replace the firepower that's departed and uh just continue to find success where they can and Xavier said that the Hoosiers are going to do that by quote buying into coach Woodson that's the first thing all those guys are coachable They listened to Coach Woodson and listened to what he had to say. That's what a lot of guys here have to buy into. A lot of guys come from different systems, and this is a major time for us as a team because we've got to come together right now. We can't wait until November to come together. And I could have just read the transcript right now (laughs) of this whole uh, Q&A session. But, I mean, there's tons more questions that they were asked, uh, tons more they answered. And you can find both Q&A sessions on YouTube, please, if you haven't. And you just want to see the state of the program right now. Uh, It's just, I think Mike's was 20, theirs was 12 minutes. So just a a nice little uh, dose of Hoosier Hoosier insight here for you in the offseason. During the uh, one-on-one or the, like, I guess, station interviews where each player could be interviewed, CJ Gunn was asked what fans have to look forward to for this season. CJ had said, people should be most excited about seeing Indiana play a new way. You know Trace had his whole era where he's been here, but obviously he's gone now. And I feel like as a team, we're totally different. 
So they're going to get to see a new style of play, see a whole group of players they've never seen before repping Indiana across their chest. Yeah, see, now it's quotes like that from CJ that make me think Mike was being a little coy on the stand. I have to imagine these guys are getting some flow in their game together. They've been bunkered down long enough, even though Mike can't see them for like more than, I think he said, one to four hours a week at this time. They have to be come together. They have to find, I mean, it. a play style will just organically develop amongst your talent. And that quote from CJ just makes me think that there might be something brewing uh, in this roster in regards to uh, prospective play style. Thanks to Ryan Canfield for sharing his question with Xavier Johnson on, on the socials out there. Uh, Ryan had asked if Xavier Johnson had any comment in regards to the national media thinking that the Hoosiers are due for a setback uh, following the departures of Jalen and Trace. To which Xavier Johnson gave a very Xavier Johnson uh, comment, which I, 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 I love. He just said, we'll see you in November. That's all I got to say. I don't want to speak on it too much because I'll just see you in November. I've seen a lot of teams overcome, and my team o- overcame a lot last year with Trace and Fino. A lot of guys are going to step up. They're stepping into a big role with big shoes to fill, and I think they're ready for it. Gives you some hope that uh, Gabe's cu- Gabe Cup's uh, potential to uh, subsidize some primary ball handler minutes is coming along. Gives you hope that Malik Renu has made that offseason step as his nutrition obviously has. Gives you hope that Kalel Ware is finding his own footing here quickly in the uh, preseason. Thanks to Jack Ankeny uh, for sharing Ja'Kai Newton's injury update. And it's just gut-wrenching for our guy. When asked if he believes... Uh, if he will be available, uh, if he will be available for the upcoming season, Jakai said it's still up in the air. I don't really know yet. It's really slow. I haven't been able to do anything. I'm just working on flexibility right now. That's pretty much it. This injury is no and uh, and comment. This this injury is no joke. Um, as it happened in May of 2022, here's hoping that Jakai can get can continue getting back to a place of comfort and strength, as it is just heartbreaking to see that the start of his very promising career as a Hoosier has been hampered by this. Always prayers for Ja'Kai and his swift return. Uh, healthy return. Because I, I want this guy to be a part of this program for, I, yeah, I want him to be a staple of this program down the line. And here's hoping that his uh, rehabilitation can uh, bring him back just as strong. If that takes time, it takes time. We just have to deal with that. That's pretty much just all the little quotes and tidbits I uh, wanted to share from the Big Ten Institutional Media Day, but or Indiana Institutional Media Day. In huge news, though, for the Indiana Hoosiers, Gucci Mane is performing at Hoosier Hysteria. What a get. Mike Woodson once again proves that he is bringing the candy stripes into the 21st century and making Indiana a brand that can drum up interest from the top recruits in this country. The old heads out there, might, they may have no idea who Gucci is, but just trust. This is a very good thing for our program. If you are put off by his music, please sincerely know. Um, no one gives a shit what you think because this shit, this shit plays for recruits. So, so, so just pipe down. John Fanta sat down with Mike Woodson. He wrote a great piece for Fox Sports. John presented a few questions that he personally had uh, in regards to the Hoosiers for the upcoming season. Um, and I just wanted to share some of them. He uh, is very curious as to what will IU look like without Jackson Davis, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Race Thompson, Miller Cop, and company. 
He questions how much differently will the Hoosiers play without a traditional post player in Jackson Davis um, after he's now gone on to the NBA. He questions if if Woodson can sustain success. If not translate this recruiting success, uh, mentions that the Hoosiers' incoming class ranks number 11 nationally this year, into even bigger results in March. Thus far, he, he notes, just, thus far, it's been two trips to the NCAA tournament and one win over Kent State this past year before being eliminated by Miami. And la- lastly, John Fansa questions the Hoosiers as, uh, could Indiana be the dark horse of the Big Ten? And objectively, like you have to imagine, they w- should be. Um, look at all the unproven talent. What is a dark horse but just talent revealing itself over the course of a season? Indiana, big dark horse for the Big Ten. Just call it. Just call it. This is a uh, irrationally optimistic Indiana fan saying it, but yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. In the piece, I mean, th- they they went over a ton. It's a great exclusive article on Fox Sports. You Go give it a read. But it, in there, I just wanted to pick out a few tidbits that I uh, really found interesting. When asked what kind of leap... Um, he's seen from Malik Renew. Mike Woodson said he's made major strides, but for him, the issue we had with him last year was we could not keep him on the floor. So he's a talented young man that can do a lot of things, but I got to get him on the floor and get him to where he stays on the floor and helps us win. Coach Woody, end quote. Coach Woody is an absolute straight shooter. He's going to tell you what, what needs addressed. And I, I appreciate the hell out of that, just uh, characteristic in him. When, when many other coaches would just utilize that opportunity to wax poetic on their guy and even just sell a fake bill of goods in that moment. Coach Woodson is going to be critical. He's going to be constructively critical, even in just a national interview. I, I, I love it. That's hard-nosed shit right there. Tough love is still love. And uh, Coach Woodson is an absolute master of the tough love. When discussing uh, what to expect from Zach Eady and Purdue this season, in the interview, uh, Mike Woodson said, well, Matt Painter has done a tremendous job there. And Zach is the best player in the country. They're only going to keep winning. Hey, it's great beating Purdue, but hell, I want to beat everybody. If you don't come ready to play in the Big Ten, anybody in our league can beat you. When asked if if he thought Indiana was being slept on, at this moment, he told John, I'll leave that up to you guys. I don't think that way. I'll tell you this. I'm really optimistic about our ball club. I'm worried about our guys doing what they're supposed to do. And if that happens, we will find success. I don't worry about what people say. Those people don't play the games. It's about our guys playing the games. That's what it's all about. The national media is absolutely shading the Hoosiers. And again, I will say for those that would want to correct me, yes, it's because they are an unproven roster. But the talent is undeniable, folks. It's undeniable. And if I'm going to let my imagination run wild, because we don't have anything to go on, really, it's going to run wild to the extremes. And uh, if we hit on everyone, it's going to be a very promising season. And who gives a crap what the national media thinks right now? Which is funny, considering the segment of this episode is the Almanac coverage. Speaking of national media, uh, anyone looped into the One Shining podcast with Pate Frazier was treated to an awesome chunk of Indiana talk this week. Uh, they discussed how Indiana versus Kansas needs to continue to grow as a rivalry as we are battling it out for the top recruits. Of course, they did the obligatory like Bill Self propaganda minute. Um, 
that the national media just seems to have to do. But it wasn't for too long. Uh, so I did appreciate that in the wake of Bill Self being unable to do as little as condemn violence against women in the general, in general, in the wake of the alleged uh, Artero Morris atrocity. No comment to the Kansas City Star. Is ju- it's just pathetic, considering it popped up the day after Arterio pleaded guilty to getting physical with an ex. Uh, to those out there who say, like, what is he supposed to say? Maybe say something like, these are serious allegations. We will review everything presented to us um, and uh, act accordingly. Maybe something like that. Maybe something like uh, violence against women has no place on this campus, and especially within the confines of my program. End of story. We will review everything and act accordingly. Maybe something like that, Bill. You absolute greaseball. But I digress. Uh, back to uh, One Shining Podcast. Sorry. Uh, Tate Frazier was sure to point out in the episode that Malik Renew is going to have a big year this season. Him and guest uh, Iman Brennan spoke to Mike Woodson's NBA credibility, paying dividends for the Hoosiers. He's just a... Uh, just discussing how Indiana was consistently placing among the 70s ranges for uh, recruiting classes and the vouching of Mike Woodson's past pro players and his willingness to want to play an NBA style in the Big Ten has propelled Indiana into being a prospectively reliable face around the top 10 of recruiting programs. It's just great to see Mike Woodson's mission of having a seat at the table um, come to fruition because uh, he is being mentioned at the table on the uh, largest the largest platforms out there. Of course, we need to get one waiting for Liam McNeely. We'll get into some more recruiting in just a bit. But uh, right before that, last week, uh, you guys know last week I got into uh, the Indiana Superlatives game with my segment portion. And uh, just Wednesday, Miller Cop threw out a few that I wanted to share as well. I mean, for best hair, he said Miller Cop. Decent joke. Best goatee, he had Mike Woodson. Best smile, Peyton Sparks. Best posture, Jordan Rayford. Best eyebrows, Trey Galloway. Oldest, (laughs) Mike Woodson and Xavier Johnson, tied. Best lineup, hair. Number five, Malik Renew. Best golf partners, Sean Burke and Anthony Leal, tied for that. And best low-key duo, Caleb Banks and CJ Gunn. Just just, just fun stuff to, hey, just have fun here in the offseason, guys. It's low stress because there's nothing on the line yet. Just thought I'd share Miller's take on the superlatives out there in Indiana basketball. As for recruiting, the recruiting updates are out. And in regards to Liam McNeely, even though we're all still waiting, we're all hoping, we're, we're all waiting. Uh, Rivals National Basketball Recruiting Director Rob Cassidy said, I'm ready to call this one in favor of the Hoosiers. And me personally, Burke White, like saying this, it would be really nice to feel certain in this. Um... If this is the case, uh, what are we waiting for? I, I need something soon. You, you, we, we, the Hoosiers need something soon just to drum up some other commits. When it rains, it pours. And at this point, I'd really appreciate a sprinkle to start soon. After offering the second-ranked recruit in the state of Virginia just last week in Jordan Scott, the Hoosiers went out and offered the top recruit in Virginia, Nada Ament, from uh, the Highland School, among our uh, current targets. This week, Asa Newell announced he was down to four, and the Hoosiers are out. Looks like Asa Newell is down to Gonzaga, Georgia, Texas, and Bama. And again, in uh, other prospects we missed out on, Anwar Boateng has committed to Missouri. While we're out on those guys, uh, there were three potential Hoosiers on campus uh, visiting this weekend, 
all three of which are nationally ranked prospects from the 2025 class. We had the number 56 recruit, Trent Sisley, from uh, Heritage, Heritage Hills visiting. We had the number 94 recruit in Alex Alston on campus from Chicago Kenwood. And the number 118, uh, Xavier Robinson um, from Lawrence North. I hope to God they didn't take them to the Akron game and just showed them a great time in Bloomington because I have to imagine that's a better pitch than whatever our fan base was subjected to Saturday night. Again, not too much news for you, but that's what ha- that's what happens when I do a weekly show here in the offseason. There's no news. Nothing's happening in college basketball um, until we see a ball tip. So, yeah, that's going to be it for your Indiana news. Let's move on to, uh, I'm going to get you a, let's take a second here for a word for our sponsor, or our partner, I should say, in Big Banter. After that, we'll be getting back, uh, after that, I'll be getting back to you to uh, review that Indiana portion of the Almanac 2.0 for you. It has been awesome working with the guys at Big Banter Sports. Uh, all the football podcasts, podcasts are going nuts right now working together. Um, really shows me uh, what can come of this show once we move into basketball season and once we have all the other podcasts on the network, uh, as I am representing Indiana basketball for Big Banter Sports. The LEO podcast, of course, shout out them. That's our Indiana football podcast. Those guys are great. Great listen. Uh I cannot wait to hear what will be said of that Akron performance. So uh, make sure to check them out at LEO Podcast. Thank you. All right, the Almanac 2.0, previewing the Hoosiers. Listen, the the Almanac's new website format is awesome. Uh, It is awesome. And if you are an absolute college basketball sicko, you should buy it. 20 bucks. Uh, gets you in the door, gets you access to every single team out there that will be competing in D1 basketball next season. Gives you a web page for each of them. Just breaks down each team's perspective season. It's it's a great, great resource for any college basketball fan out there. But I just wanted to dig into this Hoosier one, all right? <laughs> that was my plug for them, so I'm not going to feel bad kind of sharing what is present in the Hoosier section. I'm not doing all of it but just 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 uh some key points i like to touch on the almanac 2.0 opened with an awesome quote from woody that can speak volumes i think to him addressing the kalel Ware issues from last season at oregon they shared woody's quote when i look at young players the only thing i look at is how hard they play energy level is how you play through the mistakes you make as a young player no energy no effort and you're not going to play it's just that simple Going through the whole Indiana portion of the Almanac 2.0, I felt like the thesis of the Indiana page, in my opinion, would be the last sentence of their inter- their in- the last sentence of their introduction. I mean, go figure. Of course it would. Where Rob Doster, author of our portion, had wrote, There is enough talent on this roster for the Hoosiers to compete at the top of the conference. The question is, just how well does that talent fit together? With Within the keys to success, the keys to success throughout the Indiana page the front court was mentioned as just the front court must play to their talent level Rob Doster uh, pointed to Malik Renew as being destined for a leap saying he's not the defensive presence nor the passer that Jackson Davis was but he doesn't need to be this ain't about Jackson Davis Woodson said 
Malik is just a sophomore con- coming into his own. I would never put that kind of pressure on him. That Yeah, that was the quote he shared after saying that, yeah, Malik doesn't need to be Trace Jackson Davis because nobody can rationally expect a person to be Trace Jackson Davis. It, it's an impossible ask. I mean, di- di- diving in more on Malik, Rob says he believes Malik uh, would would have been a Big Ten freshman All-American. <laughs> Sorry, Big Ten All-Freshman selection, uh, if not for Trace just owning the minutes in the front court. He also went on to say that, uh, in theory, the front court of Malik Renew and Kalel Ware would be terrifying for Big Ten teams to defend. And I love that quote. I love that quote. <laughs> terrifying. Not just... Not just uh, Difficult, terrifying. You'll love to hear it. Rob weighed in on uh, Mackenzie Mbako's position on the floor, saying he's a natural four at the college level, uh, big enough to overpower smaller guards, but skilled enough to step out and make a three-pointer. He's listed at 6'7 and 185 pounds, but he's built like a player with another 20 pounds of muscle. Maybe the three is his best position long-term, but the issues he could end up having in that role this year, both defensively and as a ball handler, will not be ideal. He continued on the front court saying, throw in Ball State transfer Peyton Sparks, Miami, Florida transfer Anthony Walker, and sophomore Caleb Banks, who has had a great summer in his own right. And the Hoosiers have six guys that are all good enough to play rotation minutes and only three spots to play them. The Hoosiers are rolling deep in the front court this year. There's only so many so many minutes to go around. But honestly, if each of these guys can take the stride and we can just have fresh legs rotating constantly, this Indiana front court is going to be dangerous. Absolutely dangerous. You can't tell me otherwise. Now, of course, he was a little less uh, bullish on the backcourt while he spoke to where Trey would be on the floor. He said, in an ideal world with John with Johnson at the point, Indiana probably would want another playmaker alongside him with Galloway at the three, and then two of Mbako, Ware, and Renew in the front court. He said Woodson can do that with cups, but it would mean that Indiana would not have its five best players on the floor at the same time. To this, uh, I take umbrage with this one, guys. I do. Um, listen, Trey's the two, and I have to hope that his ball handling has only improved in the offseason. He began finding confidence in his task to have the ball, have more and more ball responsibility um, following X's injury last season. And I have to imagine that that's going to pay dividends now that we have to rely on it. He, yeah, Rob also tagged Trey as one of the best glue guys in the country, which of course he is. Guys, Trey, Trey's a, he's a personality that uh, seems to be bought into this program and seems to be... Uh, I mean, yeah, like Mike said in his Q&A, you aren't just given the captainship at Indiana. Trey's earned it by uh, being one of the best glue guys in the country. Under the X-Factor portion, uh, Rob named Kalel Ware as Indiana's X-Factor for this season, saying, there aren't five players in the Big Ten more talented than he is. There probably aren't ten players in all of college basketball with a higher ceiling. Ware is a seven-footer with length who moves on the perimeter like he's a wing. He has the ability to protect the rim and to switch ball screens. He can catch lobs and make threes. He can put the ball on the floor and score. And uh, like further in on the X-Factor portion, he uh, he went on to describe the tools that Kalel Ware has as utterly tantalizing, which uh, I like that description. When speaking on 
Kalel where as the X Factor, Rob was quick to point out that Mike Woodson was able to get a different level of buy-in from TJD last season. And uh, you have to imagine he's hoping to do the same here for Kalel. The team outlook given uh, for the Hoosiers should provide some source of optimism to the more pessimistic out there amongst us. As it went on to say, Indiana would be intriguing to take a swing on with a futures bet, whether for a Big Ten title or, wait for it folks, wait for it, a national title. The Hoosiers are going to be a a relative long shot. They may not be a preseason top 25 team, and that's probably a fair assessment. But they are really talented with a couple of high upside, game-changing players. And in where they have a potential season-changing talent. God, if that doesn't give your, get your hopes up, folks. Like that, if that season-changing talent, that term, that has skyrocketed my hopes. And that's such, uh, we're the worst. I'm the worst. No. <laughs> season-changing talent. Uh, I just love hearing that from one of our boys. I, I love hearing that about one of our boys. If it, he, Rob went on to say, if it all comes together, there is a top 15 team here that can, mat, that can be a matchup nightmare in March. But that's a big if. And the flip side is that there is a real concern that the bottom can fall out. Going 500 in the Big Ten and drawing a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament seems like a pretty realistic outcome. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he said... Yeah, it's fair. It's it's a fair outcome projection. It is. Um, until the moment I see these guys take the floor, and then I'm going to be so irrational about this squad. I just know I am. <laughs> uh, just irrational in all the best ways, I'm sure. For the projected bracketology position of the uh, Hoosiers in this one, uh, the Almanac currently has them as a nine seed at this time with a lot to prove. The contributors had Indiana ending the season fifth in the Big Ten with a 12-8 and conference record. Among the all Big Ten selections within the Almanac, uh, Xavier Johnson was projected as a second-team all Big Ten player. And the only other Hoosier who kind of got like a national list shine. Among their uh, 25 breakout players in the country, at number seven was Kalel Ware, saying... Mike Woodson's track record of developing Trace Jackson Davis bodes well for Ware's prospects. The Oregon transfer fits the rim-running, shot-blocking archetype, but he also boasts a nice set of post moves, which can still help in the Big Ten. Our, our season could be totally changed by the talent that Kalel Ware possesses, and uh, uh, all I can do at this point is pray for it. I can't, it's going to be a long, long six weeks as we uh, crawl towards the start of college basketball, but God... The best things in life are worth waiting for, and uh, we can wait for the college basketball season a little longer. With that short overview of Indiana's uh, outlook within the Almanac 2.0, in the books, I wanted to hit you with a Hoosier history hit and then get you on out of here. This is your Hoosier history hit. For your Hoosier history hit, I wanted to take a look and just uh, list some of the coolest items in the Lilly Library. Now, if you don't know, the Lilly Library, located uh, right next to Showalter Fountain, is a library full of rare collections of literary, uh, I would say, artifacts. Um, Yeah, literary works. They are true artifacts in that building. And I just wanted to go down a list of uh, some of the items I find very interesting sitting in there. 
within the Lily Library, there is a first edition print of the Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer. You know, the King Arthur stories. Now, now, yeah, it's everyone knows that story. The thing about this book is this book, this copy, was printed in the 1470s. A uh, similar print was just was uh, purchased by Paul Getty for $7.5 million in 1998. At this time, there are only 12 copies still in existence. Another item within the collections of Lily are the acts passed at a Congress of the United States of America, which uh, these are the first published acts of Congress and uh, contain the first printing of the Bill of Rights. The copy um, at the Lily Library was sent from George Washington to Thomas Jefferson, and on a separate sheet laid in the books uh, was the following inscription. The President of the United States requests the Secretary of State to accept the enclosed volume of laws passed during the first session of the Congress of the United States, dated March 29, 1790. Stamped on the cover of this book uh, is just a red stamp that says the Secretary of State, um, meaning Thomas Jefferson. Other items amongst the collections are the personal archives, manuscripts, and letters of both Orson Welles and Kurt Vonnegut, Slaughterhouse-Five fame. Other rare item uh, is the first folio, published in 1623. This is uh, a collection of William Shakespeare's works. These prints were published about seven years after William Shakespeare's death in 1623, and these are considered one of the most influential books ever published. Containing 36 of Shakespeare's plays, it was prepared by Shakespeare's colleagues John Hemmings and Henry Condell. In October of 2020, 2020, a copy was sold at auction for $10 million, making it the most expensive work of literature ever auctioned. Other old-ass book includes uh, the Gutenberg Bible. The Gutenberg Bible, also known as the 42-line Bible. This was the earliest major book printed, using mass-produced movable metal type in Europe. 49 Bibles are known to still exist, but of these 49, only 21 are complete editions. Uh, the, the Gutenberg Bible at the Lilly Library is New Testament only. Uh, there are 12 leaves missing, and it is like part of the same copy as the uh, volume. I, th- I believe the Old Testament might be in Mons, Belgium. Not, not as impressive having half of it um, as a complete copy today is estimated at 25 to $35 million. I said 25 to $35 million. And last item, uh, yeah, I just wanted to note, was a absolutely crazy comic book collection, including Amazing Fantasy 15, or the introduction to Spider-Man, a copy of which sold for $3.6 million in 2017. They also have the introduction comic books for Iron Man, Thor, The Incredible Hulk, and The Avengers. Just a cool little, uh, hey, very valuable and uh, very cool. I, I'm, a, I'm a history major from Indiana. The, the, that stuff is cool to me. Old expensive shit rocks <laughs> to this guy. And I just wanted to share some of the items that uh, currently reside on campus. Thanks so much. Thank you all for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast. I got through another one, guys. Another week in the books, another week closer to the sweet, sweet gift that is college basketball. A lot to be excited about heading into this season. A lot to be worried about. A lot to be cautious about. That being said, let's let our minds race with the possibilities of the talent of this roster. 
let's not dwell on what could go wrong when we can when we still have time to just dwell on what can possibly go right and as the almanac as the as the almanac stated this team could win a national championship if everything breaks right so yep thanks for listening guys i appreciate the hell out of it i hope you and your loved ones have a fabulous week if you haven't subscribed to the show please do it does help me out um i I don't make any money off the show this is the my favorite hobby on earth at this time i just appreciate the listens uh appreciate the audience growing seems to be week after week here's hoping we see a spike once actual basketball gets going but any of you out there doing the legwork telling your friends i appreciate the hell out of it i'm an absolute homer some people probably can't listen to me (laughs) but i appreciate you listening to me so if you haven't already follow me on everything out there at often daunted um, once this basketball season gets going, I'll be doing some writing at BigBanterSports.com, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So, thank you guys. God bless. Take it easy. Have a great week. See you next Monday. Bye.